Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content, to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation, and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. Y'all need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was no. living his toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience. I am here with the one and only, the digital speaker. Uh, his first name is Mark, and I don't want to butcher his last name. So, Mark, please uh, let our listeners know your full name. Thanks for having me, John. My, my full name is Mark van Rijmenam, and that's a typical Dutch name. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, Mark, can you um, give our listeners just kind of a short bio of who you are, what you're doing now in this this lovely, I don't want to say post-pandemic, I think we're still in the pandemic world, but in this lovely world that we're in. Sure, yeah, it is indeed um, a lovely world, a very challenging world as well uh, because of the, the pandemic, I think for many. Um, also for me, uh, from a business perspective, so um, I'm the founder of Dataflock, which is a content platform around uh, emerging technologies such as uh, big data, blockchain, artificial intelligence. Um, and I am also a keynote speaker on these topics. I help organizations understand digital transformation, how they how they can benefit from you know, big data, blockchain, and AI. Um, and um, I'm a semi-academic, so I've written uh, three books on this topic, with my latest book being The Organization of Tomorrow. Uh, I did a PhD at the University of Technology in Sydney, Australia, which is not a very logical place to do a PhD on technology, but I wanted to live in, the, in, in Australia for a couple, a couple of years. That was a great experience. Um, and I am indeed a digital speaker because uh, when uh, up until the pandemic, I used to fly around the world, um, but obviously that stopped um, due to the pandemic. So I had to reinvent myself 
and I thought, you know, I, I talk about digitalization, so why not digitally transform myself? Um, so I, I, I created the digital speaker. So I'm now available as an avatar, as a hologram. Um, and I have uh, the digital speaker series where my avatar uh, covers uh, the digital world from inside the digital world. Um, and my avatar, you know, performs uh, the keynotes now in the virtual world, um, as well as my hologram for, you know, when you know, the events uh, come back, uh, back again. Um, and that's a great experience. It's a great metaphor as well of, of how I can, you know, it, help organizations yeah, if i can digitally transform myself or any organization should be able to um so that's it in a, in a nutshell uh, who, I, who i am and what i do excellent excellent so this uh so the hologram is it a pre-recorded hologram or are you live and the hologram is then on stage in real time mimicking your gestures and your voice how does that work uh, both is possible. Um, so um, uh, I, I can do both. So it, it, I can have my physical me as a hologram, or I can have my avatar as a hologram. Um, and uh, when it's my avatar, it's pre-recorded at the moment. I want to move to a situation where it can be live as well. Um, uh, but that's actually especially interesting for you know uh, hybrid events where uh, the people in the, in the in the room can see my hologram, um, and the people on, uh, on the internet can see my avatar. And they are full in sync. Um, and uh, yeah, where I want to go to is a situation where yeah, I, I give my keynote in virtual reality. So I have my headset on um, and uh, when I um, uh, wave to the audience, when I have a camera on my face so people can see me with my headset on as well, um, then my avatar would wave its arm and the hologram would wave its arm as well. Um, and you can have an interaction with the audience where the hologram has an interaction with the audience, which is of course quite strange if you think about it uh but you know, once you move digital you know all kinds of new things become possible um, and these are one of the one of them wow that's 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 incredible and so um what kind of what kind of tech is involved in that are you are you in like a studio like shot green screen with 360 degree cameras or how, how does it kind of bring us into that tech world of how that happens so, so it is actually recorded in virtual reality. So no green screen, no 360 cameras, uh, nothing of, of it all. Um, it is, I have an avatar, a digital twin of myself, um, and um, I have a digital studio. So I put my headset on, um, I am in my digital studio um, and there I can give my keynotes. Um, and, um, and that is then uh, recorded or at some point also streamed live. Um, and then uh, people can be inside uh, this digital studio. So where I wanna go to is I wanna be the first to basically create a live talk show in virtual reality, where not only me is, is there as an avatar, but also my guests are there as an avatar, the audience is there as an avatar. And then you can do, you know, you have a, a, an awesome studio depending on the topic um, and you can do really, really cool stuff with that. I got you. So you're so you're putting on um, a virtual reality headset, and then you're going into this virtual world, and you're giving this keynote, and then you're inviting people in that world as their avatars. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where I want to go to. So um, and gotcha. then you have this 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 you know full immersive uh, yeah uh, digital experience, um, and and you know the interesting thing is because it is it is virtual, you get all kinds of benefits. So all of a sudden, I can speak different languages. So I can be there at multiple locations at the same time. Um, I can be in you know um, on the moon or, or Mars for that matter because it's in virtual. So we can we can recreate any environment. Um, and that's what I try to to achieve. So just you know, you know give this experience uh, and, and share knowledge through this experience, um, through this immersive experience. Excellent, excellent. So um, 
Where were you when the pandemic hit? Were you, uh, um, were you home? Were you traveling? Because you, you were saying that pre-pandemic, you were traveling all over the world. But it's actually quite funny because I, I was in Australia for, for two months um, before the pandemic hit. Um, and at home, we, we were, were actually watching the, uh, the Netflix documentary Pandemic. Um, and uh, <laughs> my partner and I, we, we were saying to each other, you know, um, I hope not that this is going to happen, you know, because that would be really, <laughs> would be really annoying if, if, if we, we would be part of a pandemic. And, you know, lo and behold, uh, we were only home for, I think, a week or two back in the Netherlands um, and you know, right. everything locked down and, and closed down. So we were home just on time. Uh, but it was it was a weird experience to be able to to, to watch the, the the Netflix documentary pandemic and then be in this pandemic uh, two weeks later or three weeks later, um, and which you know had a big impact on on on, on, my, on my business. Um, but yeah, that's that's the way it is, unfortunately. And then, so how was it? Um, how was it in Denmark? Was it um, you, were you guys on lockdown for an extended period of time? Because I'm only familiar, kind of. I mean, I, I've kind of read you know, news reports around the world, but I'm very interested to see how people dealt with it, you know, in a different country. Yeah. Well, it, I, I don't live in Denmark. I, I live in the Netherlands. Oh, um, I'm sorry. The Netherlands. Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we had a um, pretty strict lockdown at first for about two, for about two months. Um, uh, then we, you know, the summer came and everything eased up. Um, we had lots of discussions about where to, uh, do we have to wear masks and those kind of things. Uh, but then when, you know, autumn came, it became, you know, uh, uh, more tense. And uh, so we had a new lockdown starting from somewhere, I think December. Um, then we had a curfew and then we had obliged, you know, mask wearing everywhere. Um, then we had riots because of the curfew. Um, right, which right. Severe. Uh, for a couple of nights um, um and then uh, since april you know it has eased out then again the dutch government uh, made a big failure last week because they decided to open up everything for everything for everyone basically you know removing all the, the measures except the social distancing um and uh um, you know surprisingly of course uh, well not really um you know when, once they opened the nightclubs and all the young people who uh, had have, have not been vaccinated yet you know all, all got uh, <laughs> all got infected with covid and all of right, a sudden right. you know, they, the, the the infections you know, went through the roof. Uh, so now we're going uh, backwards again. So it's, it's a bit of a uh, up and down. Um, I think all, 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 all together we're doing quite okay. I think we have you know, a large percentage of the, of the, of the, of the uh, population has been vaccinated, um, oh, good. Which, which is a good thing. Good, good. So then um, talk to me about your involvement in, the, um, in AI and blockchain. So to do that, I have to, I have to go back a little bit in time because um, um, I, I started uh, in, in the technology space um, uh, about a decade ago. Um, I, I come from a very different background. I have a bachelor in hospitality, a master in marketing, and now I'm in technology. Um, um, I, I was part of the opening team of a ski resort in Dubai in the Middle East. So, you know, I've got a very different background. Uh, and about a decade ago, I decided to, to move into tech. So I moved into, into the big data space. I tried to, you know, to, to, to learn all, all about it. And within a month and a half, I was invited as the expert uh, to talk at an event on, on big data, which I thought was quite a, kind of crazy. Uh, of, becoming an expert within <laughs> within such a time short time frame but it showed to me that it, you know this space is interesting and this space is is an area where a lot of organizations have limited understanding of how to use big data or how to use technology in more general for their you know um, uh, digital transformation programs so at some point uh, in 2015 i got accepted to 
to do a PhD at the University of Technology in Sydney, as I mentioned. Um, um, first of all, the idea was to focus on big data um, uh, and design thinking because that was my field. I had written my first book on that, uh, but. About, about about four months in my PhD, I came across uh, a blockchain and I thought, well, this is such a fundamental technology. Um, 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 it took me a while to understand, to truly grasp the, the, the importance of it. Uh, but when, when I did, I decided to completely you know, restart my PhD um, uh, from scratch, basically, and, and not, only not only focus on big data, but also on blockchain and at the same time, artificial intelligence. Um, and that's how I really took it, you know, went through the rabbit hole, into the rabbit hole of, of blockchain and AI uh, of, of, and, and truly understanding how I can use this, how we can, you know, organizations can use this, how I can apply them within my own, within my own organizations. Um, I wrote my second book during my PhD on how we can use blockchain for social good. Um, and I combined everything in, into my third book where, um, uh, you know, I, I took together Big data, blockchain, and AI. It's basically my my dissertation from my from my PhD, which obviously nobody wants to read because it's way too dry. Um, so I turned it into a management book, uh, which is much more easier to read, um, uh, which is the organization of tomorrow. Um, and that's sort of how I yeah yeah came in yeah uh, entered this area and. I think I have a very yeah, good understanding of, of where we're going you know, with these different technologies, uh, what happens when these technologies are converging, um, um, how we can apply these technologies within our organizations. Um, and, and that's what I help organizations with uh, to help them understand um, yeah, how, to, how to go about this. So, so do you, and, um, and I don't know if you have a company uh, behind you, so do you go into like a government entity or a Fortune 500 company and advise them how they can leverage AI and blockchain? Yes, but I'm, I'm really at, at the start of, of, of that process for, for, for companies to, to help them understand. So it's, um, uh, I, it's not, not my job to, to help them with implementing these projects, but it's my job to help them understand, you know, to create a shared understanding of emerging technologies. Because if you want to digitally transform your business, I think it's very important that there should be a shared understanding from, from, you know, from uh, you know, C-level executives to senior management, to middle management, to operational staff, uh, because everyone needs to be able to understand what these technologies mean for organizations uh, in order for them to start with implementing you know, new projects or, or changing their processes. And I, com I come in at the very start to, to help create this shared understanding of how these technologies use and how can organizations can apply them. Great, fantastic. So let's take a step back. So when you were a boy, what did you want to be when you grew up? So did you grow up in the Netherlands or did you grow up somewhere else? No, I, I grew up in the Netherlands um, okay. until I was um, 18. And then I moved to um, the, the other side of the country, which is uh, a two hour drive. <laughs> okay. um, and um, after a while, I moved to the Caribbean for, as part of an internship for my, my first education. Um, then I moved to the Middle East. Um, I, I moved to uh, Australia afterwards. So I've, I've had my fair share uh, of, of living abroad, which I think is a fantastic experience to, to be able to yeah, understand the different culture, understand this different perspective of how, you know, how other people live and run a country. Um, and right. yeah, what did I want to become when I was young? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I, I think it was something to do with, uh, I wanted to be a chef uh, in a restaurant or so, because I, I ah. enjoy cooking. <laughs> well, and, you and still I went enjoy cooking? 
I still enjoy cooking and uh, and I went into hospitality for the first couple of years, um, uh, but then I've obviously I decided to uh, to to change, um, and that basically happened, which is I think an interesting story is, is um, after I went on the, on the on a big adventure with a with a mate, so uh, we went on we circumnavigated the Australian continent on a push bike, so we, we cycled around uh, the entire oh my goodness in, in hundred days how many miles is that or kilometers. It's it's fourteen thousand kilometers, which I think is about nine and a half thousand miles. If I'm wow! Uh, How long did that or, take? Or ten thousand miles, a uh, hundred days. That was the challenge. So we, oh we raised uh, funds for uh, a children cancer fund here in the Netherlands, about um, I think twenty about forty thousand um, dollars, and you know, that was you know the, the, my most fantastic, awesome experience I've had in my life. So did, far. did you encounter? Um, um, did you have any encounters with the, like uh, wildlife, like kangaroos? jumping on your bike or crocodile <laughs> I always I had a I always had a hit with a with a with a kangaroo at night, but that was the only thing. <laughs> but, it's, but it's interesting because you know, you know Australia, is of course, known for you know being the country with the most dangerous animals. Um, but um, um, we saw none of them. You know, we only saw wow. some dead snakes. Uh, we saw I, I didn't see any spider. I think um, uh, so. Of, of course, loads of kangaroos, um, uh, but they're not yeah really harm, 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 harmful. Um, uh, so, but it was a it was a fantastic experience, and in order to be able to just you know eat, sleep. Uh, drink and, and cycle uh, and not have to think about anything else um, is is something I can recommend anyone to, to, to do. And um, so that was a great experience. But after that, I, I didn't want to work for, for, for a boss anymore. So I, did, I decided to start my own company and I basically never looked back. Awesome. So that, that uh, launched you into an entrepreneurial life. It did. It did. And it's just, you know, cause I, my, my idea was, and, and I, I still believe that, you know, if I'm, if I am able to cycle around a continent, um, in hundred days, um, I can achieve anything I want afterwards. So, <laughs> that's a, that's I, a I still, good point of view. That. That's, that's a very good point. Now, had you done any training for this or did you just go right into the hundred day, almost 10,000 mile circumnavigating no, we, 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 Australia? We, we definitely did a lot of training. So we, we trained for about two years, of which the first year we're yeah, talking about it and not actually training. Um, right. And then we, then we decided, okay, we really, you know, if we want to do this, we really have to start, start training. So we, 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 we cycled a lot. Um, um, so we were really fit um, when we started. But then you know, the real job came when, when, when you know, the real training came when we were on the job. Um, and we did uh, uh, 175 uh, kilometers a day um, for the wow. first uh, 25 days straight before we had a break. Um, and, and but that was a yeah that yeah that is, I, I've never been as fit as I was then. Um, and uh, you know it, it, I had my you know, saddle pain from day two uh, and all these things that that that, that is part of it. Um, but you know being able to 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 yeah, experience this and to 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 cycle through the absolute middle of nowhere where we had moments there was nothing um, in the surrounding of about 500 kilometers around us. There was no town, nothing. And we just cycled there. Uh, it's an absolutely mind-blowing experience. Wow. It sound, sounds incredible. Now, where did you live in the Middle East? Um, I lived in, in Dubai. In Dubai. Great. And so what, how long ago was this? Was this when Dubai was, because um, Dubai right now is like a Mecca, like very built up. It was at the start, basically. It was it was at the first um, yeah, peak of, of of Dubai in 2005. Um, yeah, when I was living there, it was the Burj Khalifa was still being built, um, right. and uh, you, know, you know Dubai looked 
completely different than it is, is today. Um, and I actually, uh, I was part of the opening team of the first ski resort in, in, in Dubai uh, um, and Ski Dubai and, and Mall of the Emirates. And which was you know, a weird experience <laughs> to be open right. uh, to, <laughs> to a ski resort in, in the desert. I actually learned to ski in, in the Middle East, which for a Dutchie is like totally weird. That's very funny. In, uh, that's very in, funny. The, in, in Switzerland or Austria, um, but it's um, yeah a really cool experience and, and to, to 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 learn a different culture um, and um, yeah I really enjoyed it and, and since then I've I've come back to to Dubai many times. Excellent, excellent. And where did you live in the uh, the Caribbean? Um, I lived in uh, Antigua, uh, which is yep. the, the northern um, uh, islands, um, and I lived there for almost half a year as part of my operational internship for I worked at the hotel there uh, which uh, yeah was awesome yeah as, yeah as a 19 year old to live in the Caribbean is of course <laughs> yeah pretty it awesome yeah that's great <laughs> well that that's uh, so you've you've seen the world so what's next on on tap for you like what do you I mean obviously you're doing this um, you know these these virtual or virtual reality so it's a vir- is it a virtual reality talk? You want to be the first person to have a virtual reality talk show? Is that correct? Yes. Yes, correct. Yeah. And then, so like, and when I, when we're using the term talk show, is it like a talk show like? Are there even talk shows? Or I don't watch TV anymore. I'm trying to use an ex- example of a talk show. <laughs> well, I guess, like, I guess, like you the know, view. Like, I, uh, I guess is the view a talk show? I don't know. I don't know the view, uh, but I mean, maybe like, you know, um, um, Oprah Winfrey or Ellen. Oh, uh, I got uh, you. Like Ellen and Oprah. Yeah. Those kind of shows where people, you know, have massive audience and they, they cover interesting topics um, um, and they could go really in depth. And, and I would like to do that then from a you know, technology perspective, because uh, that's that's my field of expertise. Um, um, and then in virtual reality, um, um, uh, where, you know, uh, me and the, and the guest are both there as an avatar um, and the guest from wherever he or she is, me from wherever I am. Um, all the audience from wherever they are. Um, and then of course you can have yeah, an audience of, of thousands or even more, uh, depending on yeah, how I mean, successful it's, it's, it will be. You know, it's very interesting because uh, you, you literally could create a, you know, a show, a talk show, um, and you can have people from around the world, right? So yeah. guests could be from around the world, the audience could be around the world. Now, and I think you alluded to this before, but so let's say you're talking in English and your guest happens to be Japanese, right? Can you, can your guest immediately understand, like, is there an auto translate feature where, or no? Uh, at, at the moment, this, this is all, you know, still a vision. Um, but I think at, at some point, that's where I would want to go. Yeah, of course, you know, the technology is there. Um, we, we can do automatic translations. Um, uh, we can do cloning. Um, I could speak Japanese for that matter, you know, um, um, right? Because you can, you can, you can. I can clone my voice and, and have it speak Japanese or, or Mandarin or, or Spanish or whatever. Um, and, and that's of course the cool thing. If you, if you go digital, you know, as I mentioned, all these new possibilities arise all of a sudden. Um, and but that yeah, that that's all you know. Future uh, future vision where I want to go to. Uh, but that, that that's the idea. Yeah. Right. So like an audience member, if they're native Mandarin, right, they could select the feature to hear the entire show in Mandarin. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. And so then what would, um, 
what would you talk about? Like, what would the the topics be? Would it be focused on technology, blockchain, AI, or have you have you gotten that far? Well, it's it's. I, I call myself a future tech strategist. So um, I, I talk about the future technologies, um, how they converge, how, what the impact is of, of business uh, on businesses, what the impact is on organizations, you know, um, and that that uh, encompasses everything. You know, uh, how can we use AI in ways that it doesn't kill us? How can we um, um, uh, use blockchain that uh, to make a more equal society? Um, how can we use? How can we ensure our data security so that you know all the hackers around the world uh, don't don't ruin our society um, um how can we use technology to to fight climate change um, it, it's, it's very broad but I, I i i look at technologies of, of yeah of what is the impact and how when technologies converge you know we uh, we we, uh, we what you get is you, you um, uh, what you need to get is uh, a different perspective of how can you use those technologies uh, and how will these technologies impact your business. And um, I've recently also looked into you know developing a new theory on on what what does it mean when when all these technologies are impacting our society uh, and uh, will this be a good thing or will this be a bad thing? And and um, what I came to the conclusion is that. Um, I think we are moving to a, a global society where liberalism will be, you know, become uh, um, uh, less and less of, of importance in, in our societies, and it will be replaced by digitalism, where you know the struggle is around data and, and how how we use data, and, and this can be done in, in negative ways, yeah, where we have full mass surveillance by the states, such as in China, or where we have full full corporate surveillance, as you see unfortunately happening in in, in some Western countries, or we or we use data to empower um, citizens, um, and 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 on that field of how can we use technology and how can we use technology in good ways um, um, to, to save the world or how can we prevent using technologies in bad ways that will ruin the world that's that's the field of, of, of that's my field of expertise and that, that's what, what that's the area that I would like to focus on when, when doing this it's it's really interesting because at the end of the day it's just a tool right that could be used for for good or for bad it, it's it's neutral, you know. It's like a hammer. You can use a hammer to kill someone. You can use a hammer to build a house, um, um, and, and that's technology as well. We can use it to to you know build a flourishing uh, you know uh, society, or we can use it to to enslave people. Um, and it's up to us how how we use technology. Yeah, and it's de- and it's definitely top of conversation in you know most Western countries, free democracies, right? Where especially here, you know, in the U.S., where um, you know, the Facebooks and the Twitters of the that this tracking, right? So you have like a big company like Apple, ironically, right? That is on, on the side of the user because we, we don't know, like nobody really understood the value prop of data, right? Like we yeah. would just, oh, Gmail is a free email service. Facebook is free. No, it's not free. It's your data, they're making hundreds of billions of do- dollars based on your data. It's the same thing with Instagram, with Facebook, with Snapchat, with TikTok. And now people, the conversation is, you know, privacy and owning that, you know, owning your digital self, which before was like, oh, I get a, this is for free. Um and with with Facebook, you know, there's there's a price to pay, right? So now you're you have governments coming in to try to legislate this, and which always can be very messy. But it, you know, I don't know what's the saying that democracy is the best system, save for anything else. 
Um, but it's it's interesting now that that conversation, people are starting to take notice, right? And it's encouraging to see what we how we can evolve through uh, AI, you know, through through blockchain and putting more, you know, power in the hands of the individual. And, and that to me is what what's the most exciting is um, these decentralized services where uh, you don't need, you know, a big company giving you X, Y, and Z where, and I think that's really kind of the promise of the, of the web and blockchain mobile network, all of this, this technology is to eliminate all the middleman and just go directly to, you know, it's, I, I don't know the term is peer to peer, but mm-hmm. I guess the example would be like, you know, Airbnb, right? So you got Airbnb. So they're, they create this marketplace and then they take their cut and there's benefits to hosting your place on Airbnb. And they, they became a billion dollar billion plus dollar company by doing so. Um, and then there's also pluses in the insurance and the trusted brand, but you know, it will there come a day where, you don't need Airbnb and this lives on the blockchain and everything's verified, all the contracts, everything, uh, your, your ratings, right. Are all peer to peer. So you know that it's not a scam and you've got a, you've got that verification and then it's the transactional cost between you and I has disappeared. Right. So you're making more money and I'm getting a better deal and Airbnb is out of the equation. Right. So it's instances like that. But, you know, the question is, does human nature and greed and, you know, the Airbnbs, it's the same thing, like why we don't see mass adoption of uh, renewable energy or nuclear. It's because the Exxon Mobiles of the world, right, are lobbying the crap out of governments so that we still burn gas, oil and not, you know, natural gas or whatever it is. But I think and you're absolutely right, and um, I think what, what that we, we see the same thing happening now with blockchain. You know uh, what's happening in China? Why do why doesn't China like Bitcoin? Because it, it, it you know it, it can affect their society, their control, because they don't have control over Bitcoin, um, so they want to get rid of it. Um, why do banks uh, don't want to give uh, you know, up till uh, still now and it's slowly getting better? You know, give you know startups who are in the crypto space a, a bank account because they are a threat to them. Um, right. um, and um, you know that's um, and that's the same thing that happened with climate change. You know the, the big companies they don't want to change. But for me, blockchain, as I mentioned at the start, you know, it's a fundamental technology that really has the chance to, uh, the, 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 to, to, to completely change our society and how we run a society. And whether we we need to go to a peer-to-peer um, you know Airbnb system um, you know, that has definitely advantages. It also comes with disadvantages. And what to do when somebody trashes your place? You know how do you right, right. how do you how, how do you organize that? So so some form of of you know, you know policing or control monitoring whatsoever is is, is it might still be necessary. Um, but I think it's what, where we need to go is to is that we as citizens we should have a lot more control over about our our data um, and not you know um, when I send an email that's my data not. Google's data, 
Um, right. um, when, when I post something on, on social media, that's my data, not LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever's data. Um, and that awareness is something that, 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 that needs, to, needs to happen, which is very, very difficult because people are not used to that concept. Um, and that's, that's what brought us into the problem because, you know, uh, smartly as, as they did, um, um, is, is that they, in the Google of this world, gave everything for free. Um, and so we are used to getting everything for free, but, you know, nothing in the world is for free. Um, and um, uh, the other day I, I came across, um, you know, a, a website created by uh, ex-Google uh, people. I think it's called Neva, uh, if I'm correct. Um, um, and this is a search engine where you need to pay for, you know, $5 a month, uh, but there's no ads. I read it's about them. Yep. It's all, you know, independent. And, you know, I love the idea, you know, and um, we as citizens should get used to, to, to such a system, such a world. But at the same time, we as citizens should have the opportunities to have control of our data. So if I want to move away from Facebook, I should be able to move away from Facebook, take my data and go to the next platform, upload my data and be wherever from where, same point where I started. Same way, if I want to move away from WhatsApp because Facebook now decides to, to scan your messages for advertising, I want to be able to, to easily move to Signal um, and you know continue the, my messaging with friends who might still be on WhatsApp, but then I will be on Signal. That's where we need to go to, and that's a but that's a, a massive change, and it's very difficult, and we can only do that together, and we as 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 people enforce um, uh, uh, the corporates to, to to do this. We can only you know as as, as someone in my uh, podcast said, Dan Turchin said, we can we have to vote with our data. You know, we have to take away our data if we don't like it. You know, um, and you're right, uh, exactly. Um, so you, you it's know, like uh, voting with your voting with your dollars, and then it also opens up questions about you know freedom of speech, right? So. And which we take, um, you know, we kind of take for granted here in, in, in America is, you know, and, and this has come to light with YouTube, YouTube has become so powerful, Twitter has become so bad powerful. And what has happened now is these institutions are uh, banning people or canceling people. And then it, it comes to the point of like, how are they the decision makers? And does that infringe on that person's right? Because it's not a utility right? It's a public company or a yeah. private company, and they make those decisions based on their value and their shareholders and, and whatever it is. But are they infringing on a per, uh, person's right for freedom of speech? Um, I wanted to ask you, we're, we're coming near to the end. I wanted to ask you about, because you mentioned Bitcoin, you didn't mention Ethereum, but what are your thoughts on, I know you're big on blockchain, and I'm personally a huge believer in blockchain. What are your thoughts on the current state of the cryptocurrencies? Like, let's just take Bitcoin and Ethereum as the two largest, uh, because it is, I used to be in them. I was in them from the very beginning. I sold in and out. And now we're just, I feel like it's part religion, part craziness. Like to me, like the blockchain has, has legs and has a future completely verified. Now, what coin is going to um, win out, I guess? I know this is kind of like a salacious thing I'm asking for our, our, <laughs> our listeners. It's like, what do you think of blo what do you think of Bitcoin and Ethereum? Well, uh, I think Bitcoin will fail. Um, let's, 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 let's start with that. 
Um, and I actually wrote an article in 2017, uh, um, right before the, the, the first peak that I said, you know, uh, Bitcoin will maximum rise to $10,000 and it will afterwards will at some point will uh, crash to zero because it's only its real value is zero. Obviously, I was wrong there. <laughs> um, <Right>. and, <laughs> uh, but I, st I still believe that Bitcoin is is will not survive. And I always compare Bitcoin with the MySpace of crypto. You know, it's the first one to come up with this awesome solution, uh, but it's not necessarily the the best solution um, right. and so it, it will be replaced by a better solution at some point in time when this time will be i don't know yet but it will be replaced because i you know it, it, it can't be a, a method of payment because you know transaction costs just are too high and it's too slow and it's, it's environmentally unfriendly um, and as a as a, a, a method of, of a store of value it's also challenging because you know it's, it's being directed by these you know really large wheels so to say and you know, the, the elon musk of this world who can influence the the price of of of, of of the of, of the coin by whatever they say you know that that, does, right. that doesn't make sense either um uh, but i do believe in crypto because i think crypto is is has is tremendous you know uh, benefits you know the fact that that we have programmable money uh, you know will change the world economy you know it will ensure that you know all kind of illiquid assets uh, can become liquid and that will open you know, trillions and trillions of dollars for the world economy so the the the, the, the benefits of of crypto are enormous the question is which cryptocurrencies will will survive and you know i think at the moment the market has about 10,000 crypto coins in it obviously you know i think 95% or 98% of those will fail um and uh, because there can't be 10,000 currencies you know <laughs> it just doesn't work like that yeah no um, I, I agree i think there's going to be just like with the currencies the fiat currencies of the world there's only going to be like 20 or 30 that you know shake out i mean some like some of them like uh is it Dogecoin that was started as a joke, right? Was that the yeah, one that was started yeah, as a joke? Yeah, yeah, Dogecoin. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and, and it's it was at like a, last time I looked, it was like at a $2 billion cap and a friend of mine's son was trading in and out of it. I'm like, stop, stop. <laughs> you, you got it. The music's going to stop and there's, it's like musical chairs, but there's going to be no chairs. Once the yeah, music yeah. stops, there's no chairs. And, and um, true, but I think, you know, some cryptocurrencies do have really have intrinsic value because they are there to serve a purpose to 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 organize a, a network to enable, um, you know, you know, trading between people. So they serve a purpose. Um, and and, that, and that, that is good, you know? And I think we- No, um, it, it, it is. I mean, like Ethereum, right? With, with smart example. contracts, right? Yeah. That's like an example yeah. of something that has some utility to it. Yeah. And 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 so we'll, what we'll see happening, I think, in the next five to ten years, is that you know, um, you know there will be a massive consolidation, you know, where ninety-five percent of, of the coins will disappear, and you know, uh, for each application, there will be two or three currencies that will survive. Um, that, that that's my idea at least. Um, and so then you will have like uh, you know, know, 10, 20 applications. So that means you know twenty. 30, 40, 50 uh, currencies that will survive for those specific applications, and that's a that's a um, healthy environment i would say um because yeah, i don't think ten thousand currencies as i said you know makes sense to me no it makes makes zero sense well listen mark it was a pleasure talking to you today um before i ask you where our listeners can find you on social media um if you had a piece of advice this is a tough question if you had a piece of advice to give our listeners just an overall piece of advice from your experiences living on this planet as a human being could be life, could be work advice. What would that be? 
start paying attention to your um, to your data. I would say, um, um, and then uh, start paying attention to your data from a security perspective. I mean, we've seen all these hacks, and for about ten years now, I've been saying to you know every organization will be hacked, and if you're not being hacked, you're simply not important enough. Um, um, and um, and that's what we see starting to happen now. And, and I think the, the forecasts are that in, ten, in the next five years, we have ten five to ten trillion dollars in annual damages because of of, 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 of security breaches um, so um, you know but also from a privacy perspective you know uh, data as i mentioned data can be used to empower or enslave and obviously we want to use data to empower us um, um, so start paying attention to your data and how you use it excellent excellent great so mark where can our listeners find you on social media are you on twitter instagram facebook now that we now that I trash social media, I'm asking you where they can. Uh, I'm not on Facebook, so <laughs> I've left Facebook long, long ago, and I'm very happy about that. Um, um, so now you can find me on Twitter um, at Verrijmenom, which is again you know, a difficult Dutch name, as I mentioned. Um, uh, but if you Google me, um, uh, Mark, and then you know uh, at the digital. Speaker, well, it will be in the it'll be in the show notes. We'll okay, we'll great. put your your handle in the show notes. Yeah, and people can also find me on on thedigitalspeaker.com where you can find information about my avatar, my hologram. Uh, people can go to dataflog.com, which is the content platform that I run. Uh, people can find me on LinkedIn. It's, uh, it's uh, next to Twitter, the only two social networks <laughs> where you can find me. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to uh, please reach out to me if you want to discuss this kind of things. I'm always open to, to new conversations and meeting new people. Great. And so for listeners that wanted to reach out, what's the best way? Is it via LinkedIn, DM on Twitter? What's the best way? Both um, uh, both are, are possible. Or you can uh, visit my website and, and send a contact request there as well. Um, uh, all, all, all these kinds of options are possible. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, Mark, again, thank you so much uh, for taking the time today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media. If you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.